Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Wednesday. Have got a full show for you today. We are talking about a subject that I, if you would have told me that we were still talking about this a year ago, I would have, I don't know, buried my head in the sand and not wanted to listen to you. And yet here we are still talking about COVID. And we're also going to talk about the vaccine. We're going to talk about the change in messaging that we have heard from the White House, that we have heard from the CDC. I'm going to give you just my general opinions on it. And then I'm talking to Steve Dace, who has been reporting on this, digging into the data on this for the past year and a half, and who is going to tell us the specifics about the data and what we should actually be doing and thinking um, when it comes to the data about the vaccine, the data about the Delta variant, the data about the vaccine uh, mandates, mask mandates, and all of that. So he's going to tell us the specifics. I'm going to give you a general overview of some of the inconsistencies that we have seen, as well as just my kind of, again, general take on all of it. So you have heard, obviously, how important it is to get the vaccine. I've told you guys that it's none of my business whether or not you've gotten the vaccine. It's none of your business whether or not um, I've gotten the vaccine. There are risks that have been reported by the Washington Post, by the New York Times, by the CDC, by the WHO um, about, uh, about the vaccines that I just think that it is up to you to weigh the risks, to weigh the benefits, um, depending on your health status, depending on your age, depending on the people that you're around, the circumstances that you're in, the travel requirements for you, for your job, that it is your responsibility to make those calculations and to decide whether or not you are going to get the vaccine based on those calculations. I, unlike the president of the United States, who said that all unvaccinated people are basically dumb, he said, you guys aren't as smart as I think you are to people who are unvaccinated. I think that you as an individual are very smart. I think that you are really good at critical thinking. I think that you have the ability to be able to study this stuff and to look at numbers and to look at the research and to decide for yourself and for your family what is best. This whole line that, well, no, there is no thoughtfulness that has to come with this. There's no critical thinking. There's no questioning. There's no data that you need to look at. You, you just need to listen to the so-called experts and the so-called scientists that are really more politicians than scientists. That is bunk because the people who are most vulnerable to this, the only group for which COVID is more dangerous than the flu, people who are seniors, 60 plus, most of them have been vaccinated. The vast majority majority of them have been vaccinated. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to tell healthy young people that you have to get it in order to help other people. Well, the people who um, are most vulnerable have been vaccinated. The people who are least vulnerable haven't been vaccinated. That's people ages uh, 0 to 12, really ages 0 to 19. The flu is much more deadly, according to the CDC, for that group of people, people ages 0 to 19. And so telling everyone in the middle that you have to get vaccinated for the sake of other people, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There may be very good reasons for you to get vaccinated. There may be very good reasons, and you should talk to your doctor, and you should assess all of those things in your life. I am not anti that at all. I, I am not. Um, I'm not anti any vaccine, including the COVID-19 vaccine. I am not. I just think that you are smarter than a lot of journalists on the left, a lot of activists on the left, and the president of the United States thinks that you are. I give you a uh, 
I give you a lot more credit. I give all of us a lot more credit than our um, social engineers uh, want to give people. Um, and that includes that includes all people, whether you have decided to get the vaccine or not. The reason there is vaccine hesitancy is either a because people have weighed the risk. They've done the risk benefit analysis. They have decided um, they've decided that it just doesn't make sense for them. Doesn't make sense for your life, whatever it is. Um, either that's it or they have people have had a really hard time keeping up with um, what's true and what's not coming from the CDC, coming from the government. The government has no one to blame and the media have no one to blame for vaccine hesitancy but themselves. The CDC has no one to blame for vaccine hesitancy except for themselves, the media, and the government. That is a fact. They have gone back and forth on everything. At first, we were told, of course, this has 99% efficacy. You should absolutely get the vaccine and you're protected from everything. Now we are hearing that's not necessarily true. It was just uh, reported this morning. I saw the New York Post say that apparently scientists are warning that we are just a few variants away in COVID-19 from the vaccines no longer working. I also saw the Washington Post report that apparently you have to get a third booster shot in order to be truly protected from this Delta variant. At the same time, we are hearing a reversal of what we just heard a few months ago from the CDC, that fully vaccinated people still need to wear a mask, still need to socially distance and basically do all of the things that they were doing at the height of the pandemic, despite the fact that we are at record lows for hospitalizations and deaths across the country for COVID. Yes, cases have gone up, but deaths and hospitalizations have not gone up. And I think you can attribute that to a few things. I think one of the things that you can contribute that to is the vaccine. We're going to talk about uh, more about that uh, with Steve Dace. And now we are hearing not only do adults who have been fully vaccinated, they need to you know double mask and do all of those things that we were still doing a year ago. Um, we're also told, this is according to the C uh, to CNN, the CDC will recommend everyone in K through 12 schools wear a mask regardless of vaccination status in new guidance. So, like, what is the goal here? Is the goal to incentivize people to get vaccinated or is it not? Because if you're trying to say that your life is going to be the exact same, basically, whether or not you get vaccinated, that is not going to encourage healthy young people to get vaccinated. The messaging on this is so absurd. Why anyone trusts the media, why anyone trusts these soulless bureaucrats to dictate your life and to tell you what is best for you and your family, it's beyond me. It is beyond me. Look, we're not doing this again, okay? We're not doing this again. Uh, people are going to get vaccinated if they want to get vaccinated. More power to everyone who makes your own decision uh, whether or not to get vaccinated. For some people, it makes more sense than others. Um, people are going to wear their mask if they want to wear their mask. I saw this very troubling thread from, a, uh, I think it was a nurse, uh, uh, an anesthesiologist saying that she still goes to the grocery store full on pretty much hazmat suit, does not talk to anyone, puts on her gloves. Like, you've heard of Amazon Prime, right? Like, just order your groceries off the internet. But anyway, if you want to do that, 
whatever. That's fine. You have the absolute freedom to do that. We are not closing down businesses again. We are not closing down schools again. More kids died by suicide in the last year and a half than died by COVID. Uh, The mental health crisis is worse than it's ever been. We are not shutting down the country, shutting down the economy, ruining people's lives, crashing the mental health of young people, irrevocably, irreversibly harming young people. We are not going to inhibit the education of young kids who actually need to be able to see the facial expressions of their teachers in order to be able to learn how to communicate. We're teaching young people to uh, to distance themselves in social interactions, to not trust people, to view people as vectors of a virus that, for kids, again, has basically uh, no threat. It, it poses no threat to them whatsoever. And we are really rewarding people who don't follow the science, who don't follow the facts about that kind of thing, who keep on insisting that mask mandates work when there's no data to prove that, who keep on insisting that lockdowns work when there's no data to prove that, and actually a lot of data that proves to the contrary. Those people who don't follow the science, who don't follow the facts, point their fingers at everyone else for being anti-science? No, no, we're not. We are not doing this Again, we're not. And I've seen people, you know, protest in Australia, protest in France um, about lockdowns, about vaccine mandates, um, and they're not having it. They're not having it. And so uh, I've seen people, apolitical people, even people I think who probably identify as on the left say, no, my kid is not going to wear a mask at school. They're not. And because it doesn't make sense, they're not only not getting the virus, and they're certainly not dying from the virus. They're also not transmitting the virus from all available data. So it's just not going to happen. And you're telling me that we're supposed to trust the same media who said that um, who said that the Black Lives Matter riots and mass protests, most of them maskless mass protests, by the way, which I personally don't think makes a whole lot of a difference, but we're told that a mask is a sign of your virtue. Um that that those were actually that didn't spread the virus at all that that was that was totally fine and that actually may have helped stop the transmission of the virus i'm not kidding you let me read you let me read you some headlines this was uh posted uh by libs of tiktok which is um a very depressing account because he posts the most like ridiculous takes that you can uh that you can find on TikTok and he posts them on Twitter. But he did a lot of research, I'm guessing it's a he, in comparing and contrasting uh, the attack on the Capitol, so the riot that happened on the Capitol, which of course is is terrible. We've already talked about that. I don't even need to give that caveat. You guys know how I feel about that. Um, versus how they reported on COVID when it comes to the Black Lives Matter protests and riots. Um, okay, so let's let's just compare some of the headlines from last summer to what happened at the Capitol. So this is Vox. Uh, Vox said, uh, June 26, 2020, the effect of Black Lives Matter protests on coronavirus cases explained. Coronavirus cases are increasing, but Black Lives Matter protests may not be to blame. Here's why. Then, uh, January 10th, 2021, the attack on the Capitol may have also been a super spreader event. Lawmakers may have been exposed to the coronavirus during Wednesday's riot. 
Wow. So first of all, it's amazing what counts as a riot and what doesn't. Apparently, burning and desecrating federal buildings, as long as you're a left-wing rioter, is not a riot. That is a peaceful protest that actually somehow stops the transmission of the virus. But desecrating and um, storming upon federal property, if you are someone who identifies as right-wing, is a riot and also is a super spreader event. This virus is so woke. The wokeness of this virus just continues to impress me. Okay, here's what Forbes said. Forbes. Um, says in uh, July, getting old, I can't, I can't see any glasses. Okay, research determines protests did not cause spike in coronavirus cases. Um, that's what, uh, that's what Forbes said in June 2020. Then January 10th, 2021, Forbes says lawmakers sheltering during Capitol riot may have been exposed to coronavirus. Okay, so again, we see this very, very woke virus. CNN. Uh, June 2020, Black Lives Matter protests have not led to a spike in coronavirus cases, research says. Um, And then January 2021, 38 Capitol Police officers test positive for COVID-19 after Capitol riot. USA Today, June 2020, coronavirus surges aren't linked to Black Lives Matter protests. And then we see uh, USA Today reports in January of 2021, Wednesday storming of the U.S. Capitol will likely be a surge event for the coronavirus. CNBC, House GOP leaders suggest without evidence that protests are driving up coronavirus cases. That's June 2020. Then January 2021, COVID killing nearly 3,000 in U.S. every day as CDC warns of surge event from Capitol riots. And so the Capitol riot actually didn't just cause a surge there in D.C., didn't just expose lawmakers, but the surge that we were seeing across the country actually happened because of because of what happened um, at the Capitol. That's amazing. Uh, the New York Times, June 2020, did Floyd protests lead to a virus surge? Here's what we know. Epidemiologists have braced for a surge of coronavirus cases, but it has not come yet. Wow. Um, then January 2021, did mixing a riot with the pandemic yield a super spreader event? Members of a mob, many unmasked, roamed the halls of the Capitol. Unmasked Republicans jammed into secure rooms. The outcome is worrisome to many members of Congress. It goes on and on. We've got NBC saying the same thing. We've got insiders saying, saying the same thing. We've got the Wall Street Journal doing the same little dance. We've got the AP. We've got The Verge. I mean, we've got uh, we've got media outlet after media outlet basically, uh, you know, doing PR for Black Lives Matter, saying that a whole mass of people together yelling um, without masks on doesn't spread coronavirus. If that's true, by the way, then there's certainly no reason for lockdowns. Like there's no reason why people shouldn't just be in maskless mosh pits all the time. If that doesn't lead to the coronavirus, but somehow like uh, kids in a classroom being six feet apart does lead to the coronavirus, we've got some problems here. But of course, what happened on January 6th, that was a super spreader event. Again, I just want to say the political leanings of COVID-19 are just, uh, they're they're so incredibly progressive and, um, of course, worthy of the media's applause. And so when you see this kind of inconsistency, you see this kind of inconsistency coming from the CDC, coming from the White House, um, and just the condescension also coming from the White House. When you see this kind of thing coming from journalists, that obviously politics are at play here. When you see the media reporting that it's only 
white evangelical Trump supporting Calvinists who uh, are not getting vaccinated when the data doesn't show that at all, when actually there are Democrats also who aren't getting vaccinated and there is a, a large, a large percentage of uh, minority Americans, what they would call black and brown bodies, I think is like the progressive terminology, um, are not getting vaccinated. And somehow I even saw someone, I think it was on MSNBC, blaming that. The fact that black and brown Americans are not getting the vaccine, somehow that is also blamed on white supremacy. It's really incredible. Um, This is all political. It's all political. Um, And that's unfortunate because this is a real virus and it can, it's killing real people and it has real effects. And so do the lockdowns and so does distant learning and virtual learning. All of this stuff has a real effect on people who lost their jobs, whose mental health collapsed, who have been isolated for the past year and a half. These are hurting real people. Lack of freedom, lack of objective information about the virus, lack of consistency when it comes to um, the release of scientific findings about uh, the vaccines, all of that has an effect on real people. But it seems like the people who are, are giving us these messages don't actually care. They don't actually care. They care about their bottom line. They care about their power. They care about their influence. And I'm just here to say Like, we're not doing this again. We're not going back to where we were a year ago. And if you, as a parent of a student, um, as just an individual, as a constituent, um, if you don't care enough to stand up for truth, to stand up for facts, to stand up for actual science, and to stand up for liberty, then you're you're on you're useless at this point. Okay, like we're in a very important point in history where people have to be willing to say what is true. Um, and it is you want to talk about loving your neighbor. Loving your neighbor is caring about the truth. Is caring about a fact. Is uh, caring about the science. Is caring about your neighbor's freedom and their rights um, to be able to live in liberty. That should be a given in the United States of America. And it should be up to our policymakers to constantly be weighing that, to say, okay, how how do we make sure that we're protecting public health as much as we can without infringing on the rights of our constituents and making sure that we don't crush their livelihoods and their lives? It shouldn't really be. It is complicated, but it shouldn't really be all that difficult. And yet, because of the constant politicization in the United States, it actually does become very complex. And so we need people like you to stand up and care. We need more people to care. All right. Now I'm going to talk to Steve Dace, who has so much data for us, so many facts for us. Um, And if you are feeling riled up, you're going to feel even more riled up after you listen to him. And that's a good thing. Like we need to be riled up right now. We don't need to be anxious because God is sovereign over it all. Um, But we do need to care. We need to care. Not now is not the time for complacency. This is that's the last feeling that you need to have is complacency. Um, All right, we're about to get into that conversation. But first, let me tell you guys. Let me tell you about one of my favorite sponsors. That is Good Ranchers. You guessed it. I have talked about them a lot over the past few weeks, and that's genuinely because they're an awesome company. Like they are awesome people doing awesome things. They are providing uh, 100% American raised uh, beef and better than organic chicken. They are providing that to you in a very convenient and affordable way. All you have to do to get their sustainably raised, uh, US raised 
ethically raised um, meat is go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. You pick out the different meat that you want, the different cuts of beef that you want, and the chicken. You can get pre-marinated chicken. That's typically what we do or not. And you decide what you want. They put it all in a box. They individually wrap it. They send it to your front door, I think, max, like five to seven days. So it's really quick. And it's super affordable, like I said. And then it's ready to grill as soon as you get it, or you can just put it in your freezer. Now, we had to buy like a deep freezer so we could put all of our Good Ranchers meat in it um, because it just makes our life that easy. And uh, we love it that much. Uh, So go to goodranchers.com slash Allie to check it out. It's American craft beef, better than organic chicken, and it really is worth it. You get the Family Feast bundle, which includes steak and chicken. If you subscribe, you also get $20 off and free express shipping. If you use my link, that's goodranchers.com slash Allie to get $20 off and free express shipping. Goodranchers.com slash Allie. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on your birthday might I add, I want to talk to you about all the COVID inconsistency that you have been talking about for a very long time. Um, Let's first start with some of the messaging that we've seen about the vaccine. The latest I saw was that actually we're a few strains away from the vaccine no longer working. What the heck does that mean? What does that imply for people who haven't been vaccinated? Make sense of that for us. Well, we've we've traditionally, and, and I'm citing here somebody who knows a lot more about this than me, uh, Martin Koldorf at Harvard, uh, number one rated university in the country. He helped to build the CDC's uh, adverse side effects uh, website. Uh, he's one of the leading epidemiological researchers and statisticians in the world. He says we've never really done, going back to the history of vaccination, which really dates back to trying to use cowpox to defeat smallpox in the late 18th century. That was kind of the first ever vaccination attempt. In all that time, Allie, we have never really attempted, while an outbreak was still ascendant to some level, to try to inoculate or vaccinate people. Uh, in real time while this is happening. Instead, what we have done, and and this word has now, of course, been bastardized, like a lot of words that used to have great meaning in our tradition have been in recent years. Instead, we practiced for thousands of years what was called herd immunity. Uh, And this is by isolating those who were either the most vulnerable or were the most symptomatic from the rest of the community or the herd, uh, while the herd then built up its immune system and slowly but surely began to build up a a natural uh, level of immunity to an outbreak. Uh, And then eventually vaccines came into play and that helped us to reach herd immunity faster. I found it fascinating last year. Everybody said herd immunity is a scam. Stay inside until we get a vaccine. Um, uh, Hey, moron. Uh, The point of a vaccine is to help us to reach herd immunity. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's that's the whole point of it, Uh, just to do it faster with less of a loss of life and less infection. And so what I believe is happening here, Ali, is because we are doing this act of vaccination in the middle of an ascendant strain of a virus that it is mutating on us in real time. And you're watching both in terms of the number of cases in the UK and in Israel. You're looking at breakthrough cases on a high profile basis here in the United States, uh, for example. Uh, and I think what you're seeing is now that we're into the Indian variant or the Delta variant, 
You're saying that the vaccine from a stopping any of the vaccines from a stopping of a transmission or an infection standpoint are dramatically losing efficacy to the point that, as the CDC admitted yesterday, the vaccinated themselves may be carrying a higher uh, viral load that could infect other people um, or a form of shedding of the virus, if you will. And now, overall, the data and the news is very good. But when most people hear vaccines, Ali, they think of yeah, I think I'm a, about a, a half a generation ahead of you. So, you know, when I was in, going to school, we got, you know, your typical vaccine cocktail of measles and mumps and those sorts of things, which was about uh, a dozen to 17 of them. You know, now we have so many, many more HPVs, which we even want to give to boys and stuff now. Um, and and so when people think vaccine, though, they think inoculation or immunization. That's what they think. Like, I'll mm-hmm. take this shot and not get polio. But in, in reality, a lot of what we sell today as vaccines are really therapeutics, like the flu vaccine, meaning that it's it's devised on a, a on a therapeutic level to help lessen your symptoms or to cause a serious uh, infection within you. Uh, and that's really what we're seeing in real-time data from the COVID vaccines, that the one area where they do still seem to be holding firm in real time, now this is going to be tested because in the last couple of weeks here in the U.S., by some ways you count it, you could make a case, our cases that have exploded 150% here in the last couple of weeks of July. So far, our death numbers remain at record lows. Last year in July, we were gonna see about 30,000 plus deaths with COVID. This year, it's probably gonna be around 10. The last two days, we've seen the lowest combined death total in America since before we started keeping the stat for COVID deaths on March 19th of last year. Uh, We have been at 45 consecutive days with, with 500 or fewer deaths, which is outstanding in a country of 329 million people. We've been at 109 consecutive days of 1,000 or less current deaths. We have seen an 88% decline in daily deaths since we reached our peak of COVID cases back on January the 31st of this year. So those trend lines are all very good. Those should be all great news. And and now we're going to, but now they're going to test the final efficacious claim of the vaccines, Allie. Do they really prevent serious infection and death? Because with the rising caseload, if we continue to see our death numbers remain at this stabilized level, then we'll know in real time that they do. But if we now start to see, a, you know, you typically see a lag from deaths to a rise in cases, right? So in the next couple of weeks, if we start seeing a precipitous rise in our death, in our death totals on a daily basis, then I think the last kind of remaining fig leaf uh, of the of the COVID vaccine narrative, which is that they prevent death and serious illness, that will be tested too. And I think we all obviously pray that that does not occur. But won't they just say that it has nothing to do with the vaccine, that it has everything to do with unvaccinated people, even though, as you just said, we know that apparently vaccinated people can be asymptomatic and infect other people, we're still hearing that the reason for the rise in cases and possibly the potential, you know, rise in deaths is all because of stupid unvaccinated hicks that voted for Donald Trump. So won't (laughs) they just try to continue to push that narrative rather than saying, oh, well, maybe the vaccine doesn't work as well as we thought it did? Of course they will. But they've also tried pushing lockdowns and mask narratives and uh, and and there's been some of us that have been able to use data to destroy their narratives here. And let me just start with the politicization of this process. And, and I want to work my way back to the data, if you're OK with it. Yeah. Uh, in Wayne County, Michigan, Joe Biden got almost 70 percent of the vote there last November. Allie, their current vaccination rate in Wayne County, Michigan is barely above 50 percent. 
the vaccination rate in Wayne County, Michigan is, is, is lagging about 20 points behind Joe Biden's vote total. So the idea that this is just a bunch of make America great troglodytes who barely made it out of community college and and don't follow <clears throat> the science, mm-hmm. uh, that they're the only ones that are resistant to this is just, there's just no data to support that. That's just simply not true. Uh, and so I, I think that you're seeing, in fact, um, uh, Trafalgar Group, who combined was the most accurate in the last two presidential elections. They just did a poll on vaccination mandates they found they are uh, that 71% of Americans oppose v- vaccination mandates, mm. including almost 60% of Democrats. Wow. Now, what's fascinating about that is in recent memory, the most unpopular public policy was the TARP bailouts that spawned the Tea Party in 2008 when the government, uh, when we had the, the, the credit markets were, couldn't remain liquid and had to be bailed out. That was actually only uh, disapproved by only, I say, 67% of Americans, which would mean vaccine mandates would be the most single most unpopular piece of legislation in recent American history. And I would argue we are even more polarized politically, Ali, than we were in 2008. There's very few things you're probably going to get. Uh, uh, you know, a majority of people uh, to, that you know, to agree on in Wayne County, Michigan, uh, whether they voted for Trump or Biden and vaccine mandates or questions about this vaccine are one of them. So I think the political narrative and the more they use that, the more they're going to run into resistance on this. Tyrannies or threats thereof aren't going to work. There are serious questions people have. Why do you ignore natural immunity, for example? We have had this week now two major studies, one at Cell.com, one at Emory University, a top 20 university in the country, that show that um, natural immunity, or meaning recovery from a previous infection, is superior to what we're seeing in terms of both efficacy and duration to any of the vaccine efficacy. Uh, Israel is proof of this. And and this is the other problem they have, Ali, is when you look at the data. We have other countries now with real-time data that allow us to push back on the Overton window that exists between big pharma and big tech and big media uh, in our country. So for example, in Israel, Israel's own real-time data from its Ministry of Health found 40% of its new cases, Ali, were coming from fully vaccinated individuals. Meanwhile, less than 1% of its new cases were coming from people who were previously known to be infected and recovered. That is data right out of the nation of Israel for for example, uh, nowhere in the world so far. And believe me, if they could find that person, they would, because it would be the greatest, pardon the pun, booster shot for selling Pfizer and Moderna uh, jabs than anything else. They have not found a single case anywhere in the world so far of someone who was previously infected and then had a second infection that was as worse or as bad or worse. That patient zero has not existed anywhere so far in the last year and a half, anywhere on planet Earth. So there's just too much data now that indicates that those claims aren't true. It's not going to stop them from trying them. But this is where audiences like ours need to be informed, need to be uh, ready, willing and able to mobilize and to push back against this. Yeah. Uh, and, And so there is no data to support any of those claims whatsoever. I'm very confused about what the goal is it, it, it's hard it, it's just hard to tell because on the one hand obviously they're pushing the vaccines they're shaming the people who haven't gotten vaccinated on the other hand 
They're saying, you know, like I said, there we're a few strains away from the vaccine not even working. We're seeing some mm-hmm. of the data that you just talked about. We're also hearing a back and forth about masks that actually if you're fully vaccinated, you need to wear masks. Your kids need to wear masks. I think there was something about wearing a mask in your home. Just crazy, like threats of lockdowns, <laughs> all these things. I saw Babylon a Babylon B headline that was like for this round of, you know, the virus, we're going to try all the things that didn't work last time again, just to see. <laughs> um, and so we're hearing, we're hearing about that. And obviously like that kind of messaging is not going to encourage people to get the vaccine because people are thinking, well, why would I, how would my life really change? Especially if you're someone who's under say 40 and you know that the, you know, that COVID is not going to affect you probably that badly. So I'm just confused about what the goal of the media is, what the goal of the Biden administration is with all of this back and forth about masks and lockdowns and mandates and things like that. It's just not inspiring very much confidence. That's a great observation. So the question then becomes, is it about uh, using something, never let a good crisis go to waste? So you use this to implement a quote unquote great reset. Is this a byproduct of the politicization of science? And so we've gone from science to what I like to call the science, mm-hmm. all right, which is just a which is just a political narrative. Is it just another example of uh, federal government incompetency? Uh, the answer to the question is yes. Yeah. Uh, to try to paint a broad brush of a broad brush, I, sh- I should say, of motivations for all of these people just won't work. I mean, human nature is more complicated than that. Uh, but but all three of these things at the same time, all three of these impulses are at work within the exact. Uh, within the exact uh, same time, which is why there are so many of their own contradictions. Um, and when when you look, that's why we ought to be all very thankful. Um, you know, there, there's there's three reasons that we, I think, in, in the United States, have not had to face the the sort of draconian lockdowns. Right now, if you're an Israeli, your your safety they're they're announcing that they're essentially going to issue uh, a medical apartheid state on August the eighth. I mean, mm. it's just. It's like our colleague Daniel Horowitz said, I, I, I liked Prime Minister Bennett's speech announcing this when it was in the original German in the 1930s. Uh, I mean, th- this is just preposterous what's going on in, in some of these countries where they don't have God-given rights and they don't have a Second Amendment. So there is no built-in fear of the people by the government. The third thing we have at our advantage is we have a control group, and that's Sweden, which is ironic because the country that gave the world Greta Thunberg a few years ago has, has for whatever reason, been the lone control group right. uh, to point out the fallacy of all of this, from lockdowns last year to masks and vaccinations, which I'll get into here in a minute this year. And and the only thing I can, when because I do think for us as Christians, we do now start to really need to analyze the motivations of the things that are being foisted upon us. Because, you know, we need to know, is somebody a sheep or a wolf, Right. Are these people just this bad at this, just this ignorant at it? If that's the case, then you know what? Mercy triumphs over judgment. The scripture is pretty clear about that. If they're wolves, though, if this is an attempt to deceive even the elect, well, that requires a different level of 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 response from us, and far more confrontational and pro, and and provoking and kind. And so, I think we need to know the answer of motivations to your question. When you look at Sweden, I think what happened in Sweden, Ali, is just 
when 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 we heard a lot of lefties and stuff growing up and and all these years talk about science and 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 socialism that a lot of them really didn't mean it that a lot of it was really uh, these were deconstructing mechanisms to use postmodernism as a way to divorce western civilization away from its judeo-christian foundation and introduce it into what they want it to be governed by what they want it to be its plumb line instead i think sweden was just like yeah that stuff's great let's go all the way with it yeah. And so like they have just been like brutally honest and they just like actually follow science. They're the most secular country in Europe. And they're like, you know, our people are love this secular life. They love having any morality they want. Why should we ruin our country over a lie? And so they have been actually <laughs> Martin Koldorf, who I quoted earlier. He's a socialist, by the way, Allie. All right. Wow. And so I think what we're learning in the last year and a half is we're finding out that even on the left, there's people who actually believe in like leftist dogma and tropes. But then a lot of these people just want to use that as a means of acquiring power. They don't really believe in it. And so yeah. Sweden has just followed science the entire time. And, and now we sit here today. Yesterday, they broke their 12-day string of zero deaths, zero daily deaths in a nation of 10.2 million. That's the population of Michigan, by the way. Yeah. They, had, they went 12 consecutive days with no deaths. Yesterday, they broke their string. They went back and retroactively attributed a single death on two different days. But they have not reached double figures in deaths in Sweden, Allie, in 42 days. This, by the way, is a country with only 39% of the population is vaccinated. It has the lowest mask compliance in the EU. Less than 9% of Swedes identify as, as mask wearers. They, there was a case that was a high profile case in the country a few months ago where they sent a student home from school because he insisted on wearing a mask. They sent him home because he was scaring the rest of his classmates. I kid you not. Okay. Wow. So, so, <laughs> so Sweden crazy. is your control group here to show us in real time. And, and now you cannot, you know, take Sweden's data and extrapolate it to the United States, totally different population base and everything else that wouldn't be intellectually honest. So what I have been doing actually is applying Sweden's data to Michigan's right. because the population is, is similar. And also just like a, a, a large chunk of population density in Sweden surrounds Stockholm, the same thing exists in Michigan surrounding Detroit. And so when you look at by any reasonable measure except cases, they're pretty close in cases, but by any other reasonable measure, freedoms, lost, loss of life, hospitalizations, Sweden over the last year and a half has way outperformed Michigan, which had a mask mandate for about eight months, which had one of the worst worst lockdowns in the country. Do we have any data that supports um, mask mandates and lockdowns no. working, no. reducing no. cases anywhere? No. Uh, in fact, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis looked at this, commissioned in his office this study right before, right in the middle before they started pulling masks out of the schools last fall. And what they found is in Florida's counties that the average performance based on mask mandates, and in fact, in several cases, counties that had mask mandates uh, actually underperformed uh, the, the rest of the state. Uh, if you look at, I just go back to the state of Michigan. Um, I mean, you look at what their mask mandates did it, all their data shows they do no good. They don't do anything whatsoever. And the reason why is because the virus is airborne. The original rationale we were given for masks is it will contain the mask won't save you from getting the virus, but it'll stop somebody else from getting it because of it'll, you'll, you'll catch these large droplets. Right. The reality is that once this thing, this thing has gone airborne now, that's why your masks don't work. That's why, by the way, you've never worn masks every flu season of your life. It's an airborne virus. Okay. So yeah. it just doesn't work. Eventually we have to breathe. The idea that a, a loose cloth fitting mask 
Uh, there's no data anywhere on planet Earth. There's been one random control study that was done last year by Denmark that found at worst it didn't do any good. Uh, that was that was the best it could do. Is it? Did, Norway did a study last year and found that they were going to have to forcibly mask 200,000 people in order to stop a single infection. Forcibly mask, meaning like measure the mask, make sure they're tight fitting and everything for 200,000 people to stop one infection. It's a it's a psyop. It's a it's it's a virtue signal. It's 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 a pan, um, you know, uh, idol. Uh, it's a bail idol. It's just something that uh, I get to say I'm better than you. I'm, I'm, I'm nicer than you. Um, and they don't work. There's no data anywhere, anywhere in the world they work. It's a complete and total scam. And we actually see a lot of Christian, you know, we saw Christians in the beginning saying shutting down your church is loving your neighbor, wearing a mask and goggles mm -hmm. and gloves when you're by yourself in your car is loving your neighbor. Um, now, of course, we're seeing people say, uh, getting the vaccine is loving your neighbor. We're going to soon hear having your infant vaccinated is loving your neighbor. What's your take on that. A lot of people have asked me, okay, what's the theology behind that? Do I have to get the vaccine to love my neighbor? Well, we have a commandment um, and it says not to bear false witness, correct? So now we may find out, like I just said a little while ago, we're going to find out these next few weeks, whether the last remaining bromide of the COVID vaccination protocols that they save lives holds firm. If the death data stays reasonably low with this surge of cases in the United States, then they'll be able to make that claim in real time. And then you could maybe make the case that getting the vaccine does indeed is indeed you loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Here's the thing, though. We've already vaccinated 90% plus of our seniors with at least one shot. Over 80% of our seniors have, have both of them. But we that that may still hold. I, I don't know. We'll see what the data looks like here in a few weeks. Um, but in terms of masks and lockdowns and the rest of it, the reality is all of it's a lie. It doesn't do anything. In fact, you're you're actually participating in a pagan ritual. We call them virtue signals today, but they didn't have that term when you were standing in line waiting to sacrifice your babies babies to 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 Molech in Israel. Uh, they didn't call it a virtue signal. They just called it, you know, um, just part of being, uh, you know, a member of polite society. Right. Uh, it's it's really a pagan talisman. That's what the mask is. The lockdowns don't work, and now we're on a mental health cliff. All the I could point so much data on mental health. It's crazy. My wife is just about to finish her master's from Liberty as a therapist. She already has a full-time job lined up. Uh, she works with one of the largest Christian counseling firms here in the state of Iowa. They're turning people away. They don't have enough room. They're, they're, mm. they're desperate to hire people. Yeah. So that's a lie. On the vaccine with the with the infants and everything else, that's one of the key questions we need answers to. So, so here's some data I think your audience, particularly I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of moms in this audience. Here's some data I think they absolutely need to know, Okay. According to CDC, 331 of the 626,000 deaths that we have had with COVID are minors, children under the age 17 or younger, all right? That is 0.005 or 0.05% of our total COVID deaths in this country have been minors, 0.05%. Now, keep in mind, deaths are with COVID. So we don't really know how many people COVID was the main cause of of their death or was something that instigated or kicked into high gear the comorbidities they already had. And that's what a flu does and every other kind of an outbreak does, right? You mm -hmm. may have you may have lung disease or heart disease. The flu didn't kill you, but it caused those things to take you maybe earlier than it otherwise would have. Mm -hmm. Now, 
so so the same thing with 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 uh, with the vaccines. The the CDC does not tell us who actually has died from taking the vaccine. They define it as deaths after vaccination. Okay, so according to CDC, we've had just over six thousand deaths after vaccination. Of those deaths, forty two of them have been seventeen and younger. That would actually be point five. Okay, I'm sorry, point seven point seven percent of them. That's like a 1,300% difference between 0.05 and 0.07. Right. There's a 1,300% difference between those who have died with COVID that are minors compared to, compared to uh, or 1,300% less that have died with COVID as minors compared to those who have died after vaccination as minors. That's, I have got, you know, two minors now. One of them is an adult. She's moved out. I'm not taking that risk with that math on my kids. Well, Steve, they could spread it to others. Every study we have done of this, that's why schools everywhere in the world were open way before ours were, all right? Mm -hmm. The UK has had one of the worst lockdowns in the country. They're not for masking the kids in school like we're still fighting about here in the US. Every study that has been shown of this has shown that children are not either either primary victims of or vectors for the virus. Now, with increasing variants, could that, which are mutations, could that change? Of course it could. But the data shows now that there is no science whatsoever behind masking children. In fact, you're harming their immune systems probably long-term. You're not saving anybody. Again, that's a total teacher union virtue signal. And there's really no ish, no reason whatsoever to mandate vaccinations for children either, looking at the data. Because here's the thing we don't know. Here, here's, here's the great gambit we have, Allie. Here's the reality of the situation. And I think when your country has become detached from God and 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 believes human nature is basically good, it really thinks perfect oper- perfect solutions and outcomes are achievable. And they're yeah. just not in a right. fallen world. Here's the gamble. We're all taking this gamble, all right? We don't know really what the 20 to 30 year impact is of an asymptomatic infection of COVID. We don't know the answer to that. We mm-hmm. don't know. Because we've been aware of this. Right now, we can trace this virus back to the fall of 2019 in several countries, okay? Mm -hmm. So we don't know what this will do to mortality, to development, um, you know, to reproductive health. We don't know. Here's the other thing we don't know. We don't know what the 20 to 30 year uh, impact is of taking this experimental technology into your body either. We don't know that either. Everybody, whether they get these vaccines or not, everybody's taking a risk, Everybody is. Either way, yeah. Th- that, th- either way, that should increase mercy, grace, and empathy in our culture. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's driving the wedge deeper because it's being seen as why won't why are you the guy getting out of line to give your baby into the fire to Molech? If you do yeah. that, we'll lose our crops this fall. Don't do that. Stay. Why are you the one? Why do you get to defy the state and I don't? Yeah. See, we've just eradicated matters of conscience in our culture whatsoever. Well, Steve, we mandated smallpox. Smallpox was was fifteen thousand percent worse killer than COVID. 15,000%. One of the worst killers in human history. We've got smallpox records going back to the Sumerians longer than we had written language on this planet. All right. It's not the same thing. It's not the same risk level at all whatsoever because we don't know what the long-term impact of either the vaccines or even an asymptomatic infection are. We should be using that to draw on empathy more in our country. Unfortunately, it's working the other way around. Yeah. Well, that's what we've seen for the past year or so is that 
COVID deaths are the only deaths that matter to those people. Mm -hmm. The fact that more kids have died by suicide over the past couple of years than COVID doesn't matter to them. The deaths by suicide, you know, induced by isolation because of so-called virtual learning, that doesn't matter. Other kinds of deaths don't actually matter. Um, other kinds of anxieties and risks that come with anything other than COVID, uh, they just don't matter because of what you said. All of the all of the COVID so called protections are seen as forms of virtue and the only forms yes. or of utopian virtue. solutions. Yes, right. Okay, one more yes. thing that I wanted to ask you about. I saw that you tweet about this. Um, something about the tests. Now the CDC is saying, okay, we want you to start testing with these tests that can differentiate between the flu and COVID. Wait, so what? So you're telling me the tests so far haven't been able to differentiate between the flu and COVID? What's that about? So we've had this great mystery in the last year, what happened to the flu. And they'll tell you what we've been masking up. Well, masks didn't stop the transmission of COVID, so why would they stop the transmission of flu, okay? Yeah. So what happened to the flu? More than likely what happened here is what is called viral interference or the idea that a superior strain showed up and essentially took over uh, what timber, uh, fresh timber was available to be infected within a herd, and that has canceled out the inferior strain. CDC is suspect, however, CDC has not said that. Allie. They've, they've not, they don't want to acknowledge viral interference. They don't want, see what's going on with the rise in cases, by the way, is almost the exact same epidemiological curve we saw at this time last summer in the exact same places, seasonality. They don't want to acknowledge viral interference and they don't want to acknowledge seasonality because then we'd start have to, we'd have to start acknowledging natural laws of immunology, biology, virology, and that takes all their power away. Okay. And so they, they don't have an explanation for why flu disappeared last year. Just, just, completely gone. Uh, and by the way, this went on in Sweden too, where they don't mask. They didn't do lockdowns. The flu disappeared in Sweden too, which is further evidence of viral interference. And so now they've quietly asked the PCR, the molecular labs that, that translate your PCR test for you. They've quietly asked them to make sure that they have what are called multi-array uh, uh, analysis or procedures, meaning they can they can screen for both flu and COVID at the same time because they're tacitly admitting that with COVID weakening and the death rate in the country indicates that COVID and the mutations indicate that COVID is actually weakening, that they suspect that with COVID weakening, we'll see more flu and therefore we need a better job of knowing what is flu and what is COVID. This of course begs a lot of questions. What Well, what does that say about the testing we did last year? If they have no answers. Should we just automatically assume then that they they couldn't do this or or they couldn't do this in some places and maybe in others they could? And here's why this matters. If we all just agreed by the metric that the original metric of shutdowns, that we have to make sure we don't overrun the hospitals, right? That was the that was the original metric. If we just went by that, this would not be really that big of a deal. But the problem is we haven't just gone by that. Whatever metric just pushes the narrative further. So cases, 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 cases. Well, what if the cases are predominantly healthy people? What if the cases are predominantly uh, asymptomatic, right? So if, if, if the metric is cases of, of whether, you know, how much of our lives we're allowed to have, then this is a very big story that needs mm -hmm. further investigation. If the metric is deaths and hospitalizations, which is what it was originally, then it's really not that big of a story. And you probably give them mercy and say, hey, COVID was on the horizon. We had to prioritize that right away. So it's not, you know, we know what to do against a flu. We didn't know what to do against this. This again goes back to the loss of empathy in our culture because of a loss 
of trust. There is no trust any longer, really, in any singular institution in America whatsoever. And and I don't see that improving anytime yeah. soon. Well, there are many other things that I would love to ask you. I'll have to have you back on to talk about these um, these issues. But thank you so much. Thank you so much for adding so much clarity and insight for us into all of this. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Steve Dace. Make sure that you um, check out his book. If you're watching it, you uh, saw it. I think it's The Faucian Bargain. It's been a super popular book. Make sure you go check that out. Check out his show, too. If you like that conversation, you'll really like his show. Um, okay, uh, before we head out, I want to tell you guys about another sponsor. And this is just an awesome group, an amazing organization who has done so much for liberty in this country. Um, as you guys know, Congress is always in chaos. It's controlled by far left ideologues. A lot of the activist class is our corporations seem to be taken over by this ideology. They're trying to crush the values, the institutions that have made America a beacon of liberty since its founding. And that is why Alliance Defending Freedom exists. For 27 years, they have stood up for religious liberty, for the sanctity of life, for freedom of speech, marriage, parental rights, and America's highest courts. It does all that it can uh, to protect these freedoms that we hold dear. And they do it at no cost cost to their clients is completely funded by the generosity of people like you. With the family freedom and even uh, with the family and the freedom and the even the the basic biological reality uh, that is under attack in America today, ADF needs your support now more than ever to protect their clients who have been a victim of um, organizations who are trying to um, trying to push back uh, against, for example, their uh, First Amendment rights, or they have found themselves in a position to where their um, constitutional liberties are being put at risk. ADF needs your help to be able to keep defending these people. Um, go to adflegal.org slash alley. When you do, you'll get your copy of ADF's of uh, your free copy of ADF's ebook titled Generational Wins. Go to adflegal.org slash alley to get your copy of ADF's ebook titled Generational Wins. That's adflegal.org slash alley. All right, guys. So I know that that can be a little bit anxiety inducing, but what we're seeing around the world is that people are rising up about this stuff. Like, we don't want anyone to die from COVID. Like we do want to take precautions. Of course, we want to protect the most vulnerable, but we've also done that in a lot of ways over the past year and a half. And we've been very successful. I mean, with a lot of different failures in doing that. And now is the time where people get to make their choices. Like we cannot ruin people's lives and livelihoods again. That matters. Like if we have compassion, if we have Empathy, which seems to be like the cardinal value and virtue that we're supposed to be holding on to, then we don't only care about one threat to people's lives. Like there are a lot of threats that people face every day that um, we have to care about and that we also have to focus on. And we also have to realize like that our goal, our main responsibility as Christians is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves. That looks like a lot of different things on a daily basis. 
And you are not selfish for wanting to protect you and your family and to be able to continue to provide for you and your family, to want to continue to live in community and fellowship with other people. All of these things are absolutely necessary for um, for a healthy life, for a thriving life. And so do not feel guilty for caring about those things. Don't feel guilty for questioning. Um, a lot of the things that we're hearing from our so-called scientific institutions, that is that is why God gave you the mental, uh, the mental faculties that you have, the mental capacity to be able to pick things apart. That's what science actually is, is asking questions. Now, I'm not telling you to be a conspiracy theorist and to go down rabbit holes and to believe things that random Joe Schmo on the internet is telling you about the vaccine. I've already said that the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. That is bad theology. Um, and I also don't think that it's a lot of these terrible things that some, you know, conspiracy theorists are saying that it is. I just think it's your choice. I think it's your choice when it comes to the risk that we have and the cost-benefit analysis that a lot of people have to do on their own. Um, yeah, I just think that at this point, you have the freedom to make those choices and that the government absolutely needs to um, respect that. And unfortunately, it's just being used as another way to divide the country and to hate people who don't think like you and make the same choices that you do. And that's really unfortunate. And as Christians, we absolutely have to resist that kind of um, that kind of fear mongering and uh, that kind of division. And so we continue to allow our goal in everything that we do to be to glorify God as much as we possibly can. And that's where our peace comes from as well, that at the end of our lives, like we are going to be looking for that good and faithful servant commendation. It's not going to be based on whether or not we uh, very closely followed the guidance of uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Thank goodness, or you would be changing your mind and your behavior every day based on his back and forth. Um, All right, that's all I've got time for today. We will see you back here tomorrow.